Bezer Hashem. We're in the middle of this awesome month of Elul, <clears throat> the year 5780. Wanted to record a few ideas, Bezer Hashem. I've heard a tradition that we know that the sixth day of creation was Rosh Hashanah, the first day of Tishrei, means that there were therefore five preceding days. So that really, already beginning in the 25th of Elul, the preceding month, was the creation of light on the first day, five days earlier. But that, what was happening, so to speak, in Elul before the 25th of Elul? Well, what happened, we have to ask, before the creation of light on the 25th of Elul? What was happening for the first 25 days? And we have to say we were involved, the world, the creation was involved in the primordial tohu. The primordial shattering of the vessels, shattering of all energies of existence, as the idea of a destruction preceding a tikkun, a destruction preceding a repair, such that the repair is displaying the providence and the blessings and the power of the Creator to fix and thereby reveal the light through the darkness to reveal the power of salvation through destruction and fixing the destruction. All, even the destruction, really a planned demolition, very, very, every detail planned. So Elul, the majority of it, in a sense, is tied to the idea of teshuva, of repentance, as the Pirkei de Rebbe tells us in chapter 3, that teshuva, repentance, is actually the creative force that reconstitutes reality out of the shattered spiritual material of the shattering. Such that tikkun ma'isi bereshit, the works of creation, is a repair of the prior state of destruction. That is the literal basis for all understandings of what is creation, how does creation work, how do time and space function. It's all a function of fixing broken disrepair. That is what constitutes existence, is through manifesting somethingness, stability out of instability. And that is through the power of teshuva. Because repentance, teshuva, in the deepest sense, means reconstituting yourself. Rabbi Nachman says this explicitly in Torah 6 in Lukutim Aran. That teshuva is the idea of keter, which is ana zamin lemeheve. I am ready to exist. That before a person does teshuva, it's as if he doesn't have a real existence in the world. Because a real existence means that he is expressing who he actually is in his root and holiness. And in our root and holiness, we are one with Hashem. So to the extent that we're not revealing that and expressing that in our life, to whatever extent we are missing the mark and falling short of expressing exactly who we are in our root, to that extent we don't really have an existence. To the extent in the core of who we are that we are expressing pure godliness, 
our special expression of pure godliness, our unique expression of pure godliness, which is the definition of our unique soul, is a unique expression of godliness. That is what a soul is. To that extent, we do have an existence in this world. But to the extent that we're not expressing who we are, we are shrouded in a fog of non-reality. Because in the future, the evil is going to disappear like smoke because it was never really in existence. It was a force of illusion. It was clouding our eyes. But it wasn't real. It was a real experience of blocking the light of who we are, blocking the light of who Hashem is, but it wasn't ever actually real. Because lace atar panoimine, there really is no space that is devoid of his endless light. So the experience of not seeing his endless light, the experience of not seeing our perfection in the root of our soul is a real experience. It's an experience we must contend with. Halacha, Jewish law, is all about contending with that experience. As the Nefesh Chaim makes very clear, just because God is everywhere doesn't mean we can say words of Torah or brachot or blessings in a bathroom. We're not supposed to do that. Oh, but Hashem is everywhere. Doesn't matter. Because when it comes to halacha, when it comes to our experience, mitzidenu, from our perspective, we must treat of differences. Oh, God is everywhere. So I can have a relationship with it, with any human being I want. Or I can be, I can say that you can't call me, I don't want you to call me a woman or a man. Sorry. I know that's not politically correct, but this is coming from, from, a, from a twist. Anyway, not getting into if a person is confused, whatever, but like the culture, the, the extreme censorship on, I'm not allowed to call you a woman or a man. Okay, whatever. Not my point. Not my point. People can disagree on that. But so teshuva is to constitute yourself. Teshuvah is the act of creation because the act of creation is really an, an act of revelation, revealing what's always been there. By revealing the perfect root of who you are and what everything is that's always been there, that is really the act of creation. As we said, because creation is really an act of transforming darkness into light because darkness is a shroud of illusion and we experience creation. Let me, let me say, we experience creation through revealing what's always been there. Like this. A baby is born. Okay? A baby is born. He's conceived in the womb. He grows in the, in the womb. He grows in the, the pregnant mother. He's born. He's tiny. He can't do anything. He's growing, growing, growing. And by the age 13, he's, he's hitting adolescence and he's growing into a fully matured human being. The philosophical question is, is he really in his essence being created? Or only in the side of him being revealed to us or her being revealed to us? And the answer is, there's only a creation. There's only growth and newness and stages from conception to birth to infancy to adolescence. It's only from the side of what's revealed to our eyes, from the aspect of the body, from the aspect of breaking through the shroud of illusion to reveal who this person really is. But in the root of who they really are, in the perfection of their soul, there is no creation. They're bound up with the thoughts and the essence 
of the endless and eternal powers of the Creator. The essence of this or that human being, and from the side of their neshama, from the side of their soul, is an eternal power that always and will always exist within the Creator's ability. That is a soul at the very, very deepest place. Because the Zohar says, That Hashem blew, so to speak, from within Himself, so to speak, into the nostrils of the first human being, and He became a man. And the Zohar says, Man de nafich, mitocha nafich. Some, I, I didn't get the words quite, quite right. I mixed up the Hebrew and Aramaic. But somebody who blows is blowing from within their very essence. So when Hashem blows the breath of life into our nostrils, it's coming from within Himself, so to speak. So to speak. Means that the soul is coming from the deep essence, the deep essential power of Hashem. The deep essential power of Hashem is the origin of the soul. So that is obviously eternal. So the soul was always here. Even thousands of years before it began to express and was born to express in this particular body and reveal itself to us. And even when it grows and matures and God willing matures into not just a fully functioning adult, but a righteous adult, it can still never fully express the depth and the infinity of what it is in this world. And that's why we have different lifetimes. That's why we have different Gilgulim, different incarnations, reincarnations, to express this angle of the soul. Oh, and we didn't complete expressing all of the soul, so now in a new lifetime it'll come back and express this different angle of itself. And it might take thousands of reincarnations, as the city can tell us, because there's infinite depths of the angles of this huge, towering soul, which is one with the Creator. So teshuva is the act of creation because by doing teshuva and returning to the root of our soul, we manifest a little bit more of who we are. That's an act of creation because stam simply this baby, okay, growing, maturing, hitting, eventually being a child in adolescence, then growing up. That's an act of teshuva, simply growing up, simply maturing in the body is from the side of the purely physical an act of return because it's the physical world listen growth physical growth something that we all know about from a very young age we understand that things grow but what does that really mean the growing is actually a returning of the physical expression to more and more closely approximate the revelation of what its spiritual root is such that growth is the same thing as return it's the physical expression is growing. It actually is called an or choser. It's actually a returning light whereby the revealed side of the item, which is its physical manifestation, is growing closer towards and approximating its spiritual root, which is a divine expression. That goes by souls and bodies. That goes by everything in this world. Everything in this world. If you're looking at a, a, an automobile, a car, or a computer, you know it's made of metals. Different metals. Those metals used to be deep in the, in the soil, in the earth. How did they all come together to create a beautifully functioning machine? A computer, a cell phone, a car. They did teshuva, in a sense. They returned to express that they always had this potential to express such an amazing machine. 
they've come together to more closely approximate the real root of the, the creator's intention for those materials. The creator's intention for those materials is their spiritual root. And when those materials come together and create a beautiful car, and I love those electric cars, they are really, really cool, or, or iPhone, those are really cool. Okay, it's like those materials did Teshuva. It's like they returned. So Elul is the month where it's the days of creation and the forces of creation that precede Rosh Hashanah where we are dealing with expressing ourselves out of destitution, disrepair, the shroud of non-reality that gives us a medium whereby which we can reveal ourselves in a growth process, in a teshuva process, in a self-creation process by coming back to who we are and revealing that in the world. That's why there's a tradition that there are 13 words from the verses that begin Unfortunately, I can't remember exactly what the 13 words are, but they for sure begin, or they for sure include, they for sure include the verse that is discussing the chaos and void, the shroud of darkness that blocks the expression of who we are that we have to rearrange and repair to fully express who we are in a growth process, in a self-creation process. There's 13 words, and I'm sorry, I can't remember which exact 13 words, but there are for sure 13 words in there, and there's a Kabbalistic tradition that those 13 words are the zelumadzeh. Those 13 words are the other side of other special 13 words, which are the 13 attributes of mercy. The 13 attributes of mercy. Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachum, Achanun, Erech, Apayim, Rav, Chesed, Emet. Nose, Chesed, Alafim. Nose, Ava, Vesh, Vechatam, The 13 attributes of mercy. So special that we say them over and over during El, we say them over and over during Rosh Hashanah and the High Holidays because they fit hand in glove. The 13 words in the Torah that represent the shattering and the destruction of the very building blocks of our world, the very building blocks of our bodies, of our physical world, is brokenness. Because think about it. Your body, or your child's body, or your parents' body, any body, before they're born, where's the body? It's, it's basically nowhere. And it's in a state of total destruction and chaos. The body, right? Think about 10 years before you were born. Where were the materials that would eventually be destined to constitute your body when your parents conceived you and male seed met with the the egg in your mother's womb just this is this is uh, this is reality where was your body before that happened it was all over the place it was a little tiny cell or a little tiny atom in that piece of food over there it was all over the world because especially these days, we eat rice from Asia, we eat corn from South America, whatever. We eat food from all over the world. Those are the scattered sparks. And literally, in this case, those were the scattered sparks of your future body all over the world. 
And that, and, and when your parents ate the different food they needed to eat, and then they eventually made you and conceived you with that food, okay, literally, your body was pulled from a tremendous dispersion from all over the world. It's like an ingathering of exiles. And it, it was a repair. It was a return. It was a return to make your body. And that's a tradition. Adam's body, the first man, the, the Midrash tells us over and over, and it's cited many times, that when Hashem was making Adam Harishon's body, he said, it says that God was gathering particles of dust from every corner of the world, from all four corners of the globe, pulling them together to make Adam's body. Because this is how returning taking scattered, shattered, chaotic energy that the creator intentionally flung out into the farthest reaches exactly where he wanted to fling them out and exactly how he wanted to fling them out. This is not a chaos that slips away from the creator's grasp by any means. This is absolutely part of his power. But in the revealed world, it appears in his experience as chaotic. Adam's for the first body of Adam and Rishon, of Adam in the Garden of Eden, was also gathered, returned to Shuvah, was returned towards a unity just like when we're born. The very material that would constitute our bodies has to be returned through amazing, deep, miraculous processes, subterranean processes. Every the fact that your parents, my parents, ate this rice particle and that and that right that grain of rice and not that grain of rice. That piece of bread and not that piece of bread because they needed to eat that piece of bread, not that piece of bread. That grain of rice, not that grain of rice. To make sure that they would constitute us. You understand everything, every particle, every particle in this procedure is extremely precise and the creator is guaranteeing that down to the particle level it's going to work out to make you and me it's a miracle it's absolutely incredible it's the deepest thing in the world every particle every particle is accounted for in the divine process because it all is originating from his it went up in his thought all of these procedures make the tzaddik can make that very clear it went up in his thought every procedure that would ever unfold. And in fact, it is that constitutive thought that drives those procedures. The last thing to say, then, is if in Elul, this month of Elul, this month of Teshuva, of recreating ourselves, that's what's going on. And the 13 attributes of mercy, those 13 words of repentance are the repair and the healing for the 13 words in the Torah that speak about destruction and the shattering, which is what we have to repair to reveal ourselves. We know that those 13 words of mercy, of, of forgiveness, are coming from the Yud Gimel Tikkunet Dikna. is a Kabbalistic understanding, which what we need to understand is that that energy of the 13 attributes of mercy to fix those 13 words in the Torah that represent destruction and chaos and disappear and disunity to pull them back to unity to express ourselves those 13 powers of mercy are coming from 
the realm of Keter, of desire, of your Ratzon. What do you want? That is what we need to work on in Elul. What do you want to do? People can get really tied up in knots. Like, oh, Hashem wants me to fix everything and be perfect. That's not true. I mean, go for it. Go for it if you can. But that's not really what we're dealing with at the deeper level, in my opinion. In my opinion, and from what I understand, the main thing that we want to work on this month is what do you want? What do you want? How are you going to update what you want to take it up a notch and want something greater? And to do at least one thing to show Hashem, to show yourself what you really want. Because taking your desire and expressing who you already are in your root of perfection, it takes a lifetime. That's why we're here for so many years. It takes a lifetime. The main thing is to therefore get in touch with your desire, what do you want, and to work on identifying that, deepening that, amplifying more and more what it is that you want, expanding what you've wanted last year and making it even greater, and then putting that into action at least one way, something really, really real that's going to lock it in. I mean...